I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three, this two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, it's fall. We love fall. Today is the big fall episode. We're going to be talking about some awesome fall activities and traditions and all kinds of good stuff. And we're going to get scared because we're going to talk about Halloween. Some interesting facts and insanities, including our favorite scary movies, costumes, candy, all that good stuff. By the way, the new Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald is coming out in a few weeks. So we've got some cool backstory to prepare you for this movie. And of course, we'll have a few other things to share, like my review on Troll 2. Oh my God! Let's rock it! It is The Real Brian Show. We're the voice of the nerdy eclectic, and I am The Real Brian. And I'm your eye in the sky, green butterfly. And I... I influence all poorly. I am the captain of influence. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. You're supernatural, aren't you, Captain? Indeed! (laughs) (laughs) Indeed! Bastion! That's a good reference, right? Oh, it is. That's the uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That is kind of a horror, not really, horror yeah. movie, though. Yeah, it looks like a fun horror yeah. movie. It's good to scare you. No. Yeah, not really. I, <laughs> it's I just, not very scary. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Stop laughing. Stop it. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Hey, so we, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited about today's episode because it's that fall episode that we mentioned earlier. And it's also we we added Halloween to it and some Fantastic Beast stuff and we, you know we want to get you scared. <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, isn't that like the most insane grating piece of music ever? No, I think that any time an alien moves in the movie Aliens is a better that's true example of that. Yeah, or any Rebecca Black song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well. Welcome you to Captain Influence Green Butterfly. So good to have you both here. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, thank- I mean, you should be so lucky. Real <laughs> of course. Thank you. Now, Green Butterfly, shall we shall we talk like this the rest of the time? Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. I can hear your listeners turning their podcasts off at this very moment, Going, Real Brian. You guys suck. Absolutely. Please don't do this ridiculous voice this entire episode. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> and so we won't. Okay. All right. Um, so now I understand that you're drinking mold cider right now, Captain Influence. I mean, did you actually oh. make this mold cider? Or is oh, yeah. It- my wife and I have been oh. making mold cider every other night oh, for dude. the last week or two. So, I mean, yeah. it's fall. Mm-hmm. Oh, Makes the house smell great. Yeah. Tastes perfect. She puts gin. She chops ginger up and puts it in there. Yeah. Oh, gin. I didn't think about ginger. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So So mold spices and ginger. Mulling spices, excuse me, and ginger. I just actually take cinnamon sticks, crack them in half because for whatever reason, cracking them in half opens up the cinnamon a little bit more. Cloves, of course. But ginger would be good. You can throw cardamom pods and other things like that in there. But sometimes just cinnamon and clove is a fantastic i make it super cinnamony though like spice kick it we buy the packages of mulling spices at the grocery store Mm -hmm. and then add ginger to that so Mm. it's great stuff man that's fantastic very fall-ish that's right i'm drinking this new tea it's an herbal blend from happy luckies of course and it's called american roots and it has a lot of those spices that you just talked about like in the mold cider but also has rooibos tea and sarsaparilla root that's the American root. Sarsaparilla. Yeah. Sa- got some of that daggum sarsaparilla. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Woo. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, in fact, I, I prefer root beer. I might be talking like this the whole daggum time if I, if I drink this stuff. Um, hold on. <laughs> I, I've never tried it yet. It smells good. Hold on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is. 
That is a tasty. That is a tasty beverage. <laughs> Did you burn your mouth? No, 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 no. I was just. <laughs> I had to quote Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Right. Mm. Yeah, we're gonna need to. Wow, it is good. I mean, it's got a lot of the chai spices in there. I think there's cardamom mm-hmm. pods as well because I saw. It. I can taste the cardamom. But yeah, that sarsaparilla is there, but it's definitely subtle, yet challenging. It's scintillating. It's a scintillating. <laughs> like me? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're subtle yet challenging. Challenging is so the opposite of what describes me. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. Captain Influence, you are subtle yet challenging. And uh, we're going to go green, green butterfly. You're scintillating. How's that? Because you just got to use these big words. Scintillating and iridescent. Ooh. Wow. Wait, you're ir- Thanks. Do you glow when you fly? Yeah. She iridesces. Okay. Iridesces when you fly. It's yeah. the fly Green iridescence. Ooh, I like it. Green iridescence. Mm. Is that like part of the... So that's the residual supernatural part of your superpower. Yes. Okay. I always thought it was just an aesthetic thing. Yeah, yeah. it's green iridescence. Green butterfly, are you drinking anything you know exciting right now or have you sworn off all liquids for the rest of your life? <laughs> I'm, I'm not drinking anything exciting right this minute. Yeah. But... I do enjoy apple cider at this time of year. Yeah. Do you put anything exciting in it as well? Spice wise? No, I just get it from the apple orchard. Drink it however they make it. Oh, I like it. Cold or hot? I like both. It kind of depends because if I'm really thirsty, I want it to be cold. If it's getting cold, which it is here in Michigan, then I like it warmer. If I'm really thirsty, I prefer water. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, What? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) That's good. I I like it both, too. In fact, I like to I love the smell of it, you know, as it's mulling and then drink it hot, you know, and then throw it back in the container and put it in the fridge. And let the spices continue to, you know, do their trick overnight. Permeate. And, yeah. And drink it cold the next day. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking now, though, this time of year, I prefer almost putting some caramel in it or even just caramel flavoring. So having more of the caramel apple cider this time of year and then closer to Christmas, though, it's just pure spiced. Nothing else in it. So just, you know, for a little variety, of course. Mm-hmm. How about some garlic cloves? Would that be good in the cider? Hmm? Like, no. No. Oh, man. no, you don't want to. Mix garlic and cider. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, have no. you tried it? No. Well, then. Yeah, challenge. I'm a big <laughs> garlic guy, and I just can't. I just can't allow it, Brian. I, uh, I can't I, allow I it. I know. I've told you that you know the fall leaves have all died here. Well, Miss Light wanted me to point out that that's not entirely true. Some of the trees <laughs> did turn, like one out of every hundred. But you know, there's that one little gem once in a while. You're like, oh. Oh, look at that. It's like a golden unicorn or something like that. You know, (laughs) that's fan. You know, here, total side question here. Why are they making unicorns so female focused lately? You know, like they've got pink bows on their butts and you know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you, but the unicorns that I've met are manly steeds. I mean, is it me? Yeah. Does it, do they have to be all female or can they be, you know, male? steeds manly steeds that poop rainbows i mean can yeah yeah the only one paradigm shift there brian i uh (laughs) okay current paradigm we're operating under is that unicorns are kind of uh well i don't know what the word would be and uh you're nick the woods but uh a little feminine there buddy dude dude deadpool had a unicorn come on deadpool was a comedy isn't my life a comedy my life is a comedy Dude, Legend is a good example of some cool unicorns. Remember See? that? Yes, exactly. A Tom Cruise movie from the mid 80s, yeah. the late mid 80s. Yeah, and what's his name was in it? You can see his face. Oh, Tim. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he played the big demon god thing or whatever. They had some really cool. That was a really well done unicorn in that. That's movie. what I mean. The golden unicorn got me thinking on this, but uh, all right. So tell me what you love about fall, the traditions, the activities, the the sights and smells and everything like that. What do you, what do you guys love about it? You go first green butterfly. You're scintillating. <laughs> I, I love that. I live in the neighborhood now, so I get trick or treaters. <gasps> that makes me super happy. So I've like prepared for like three weeks. I lived in a, uh, place for so long where we got absolutely no trick-or-treaters and that was always my favorite thing when i grew out of trick-or-treating i started handing out candy at my house 
So now that this is going to be my second Halloween in my new house where I get trick-or-treaters, I am just thrilled. We put out our decorations and just having a great time planning for nice big night. You should celebrate by being the coolest house on the block and giving out full-size, king-size Snickers bars. Or something even better than that. Yes. Yeah. No, it doesn't get better. What are you talking about? Better than full size Snickers bars? Have you had the peanut butter Snickers bars? Those are pretty good. But they're awesome. still yeah, they're Snickers. Good. That's true. What, what about, though, the caramel <laughs> Milky Ways? The ones that's like just pure caramel, simply caramel. That's what they're called. Mm. Those yes, are so those good. are good too. Yeah, yeah, Milky Ways would be fine. It, yeah. I always remember when I was a kid, when I got Three Musketeers, I was always disappointed because it's like a Milky Way without the caramel. Yeah. It, it felt cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But later on in life, I started, I don't know, it's Milky Way. All right, so Three Musketeers, I don't care. Yum, 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 you know? You do realize the only way to say Snickers is Snickers. Snickers. <laughs> That's the only way to say it. And try not to say doodle afterwards. <laughs> Snickerdoodle. Try hard. <laughs> can we nick- I know it's really hard. Can we nickname some, someone, come on as a co-host, <laughs> and your superhero name is going to be Snickerdoodle. Snickerdoodle. <laughs> Snickerdoodle. <laughs> Who wants to be Snickerdoodle? Thank oh my God, gosh. I already have a superhero name. Dude, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I would have just stamped Snickerdoodle, right, SD, right on my chest. I, let me just ask you right now, while we're on the topic of candy, what is, and this is something I know, Green Butterfly, you're even going to want to know, is what... Is your favorite treat to find in your Halloween bag? I love this candy that hardly anybody knows about. It used to be called Kazoozles. It's made by the Wonka company. Mm -hmm. Sweet Tarts bought them out. Now they're called Sweet Tart Ropes, which makes me happy because they're easier to find now. Yeah. Which is Sweet Tarts version of like a licorice. Oh. And I love it so much. It's like a sweet and sour licorice. Cherry licorice with like fruit punch goo in the middle. Ooh. But is it like, does it have the, the tartness to it like sweet tarts? It's a little bit tart, but not as tart as say like Sour Patch Kids or oh, something. Okay. That sounds good. It's a little bit. Well, it's so good. My answer is Snickerdoodle. <laughs> Snickers. <laughs> Snickers. Sorry. Snickers. Snickers, of course. I always would just get so excited. I would always dump my big bag out, dump the hall out on the floor and separate all the Snickers from everything else. And I would eat all those first. Mm. And I'd probably, then I'd end up eating the rest later on that night. I, you know what I always did with my <laughs> haul of candy? What? When I dumped it out on the floor is I would separate it into my favorite stuff, my mom's favorite stuff, and my grandma and my grandpa's favorite stuff. Oh, that's nice. So that I would always give them whatever their favorite stuff was. That's nice. It is. My parents wouldn't have let me do that. They, they didn't want anything to do with my haul. So, yeah, I got it all to myself. That's nice too. I have so many favorite little treats, you know, honestly, it, like I mentioned the, the caramel Milky Way, the simply caramel. I love take fives as well. I love peanut butter cups big time. They have a new peanut butter cup mm. this year that actually has Reese's pieces in it as well. Mm. Which I'm going to try. We're doing the same thing where it's like, we never get trick or treaters, you know, around here because we're in a condo. People don't do that, mm-hmm. but we have some families right. near. So we got candy just in case. And in case they don't show up, I've got candy for myself this year. But let me tell you the most unique thing that I got as a Halloween treat. When I was a kid in Phoenix, there was an Italian family that lived around the corner that made homemade pizza for all of the kids on Halloween night. So you'd go in and you'd get these slices of amazing, true, authentic Italian pizza. It was so good. Of course, you know, you couldn't do that today because it's probably got, you know, it's probably laced with cyanide or crack or midichlorians or something like that. Never know. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Good old days, huh? Then you have dinner to go with your candy. That's the thing. We didn't get quite as jacked up as normal. Oh, it was a good time. I, I miss trick-or-treating. They, I don't think they like that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we show up, hey, trick-or-treat. Or just, what, you mean like adults? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's see. What was the last year that you actually went trick-or-treating? That's this the is a good thing. Question. I don't even remember. It's been so long. Oh, really? Yeah. How old were you roughly? That's a great question. Like, I think the last time I actually trick-or-treated for real was you know elementary days and then i think we did it as a joke in high school once but it really wasn't oh, all that fun wow oh you missed out you missed out on so many extraneous calories oh my goodness yeah well, uh, what about you green butterfly 2016 okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh so you, why aren't you going this year then because <laughs> i know in 2016 i went to mickey's not so scary halloween party yeah and that's a place where kids and adults can trick or treat together. Oh, that's cool. It was that's an organized cool. thing. Lucky you. Yeah. 
I went pretty late in life, not like as an adult, but the last time I went trick-or-treating was when I was about 15. Oh, nice. I'd say I was about nice. 15, yeah. And so I was way too old to trick-or-treat, but my friends and I went anyway because we wanted candy and we got it. And I think that was my biggest haul ever. I, I It was my last October in Scottsdale, Arizona before I moved to Nebraska and I had a giant hefty black hefty bag full of candy. Nice, nice. Fantastic. I give anybody treats regardless of their age as long as I have a costume. Good. There you go. Good. Good. Girl. So I take that back that in college they did that when we were living in the dorms. They, If you dressed up and you went around to the different dorm halls and stuff like that, they would actually give out candy and stuff. So Probably more like jello shots, right? No, it was actually real candy because they weren't allowed to serve the alcohol but, you know, on those things. So, you know. They weren't allowed yeah, to exactly. serve the alcohol. I didn't drink but. though, you know, so I was walking around. I, I was dressed as the shadow. Oh, oh, speaking of that, what's what's been your favorite Halloween costume that you've been in? I have two. My favorite one when I was a kid was Mario and Luigi because it was the only time I got to go trick-or-treating with my sister. Oh, I was going to say, do you nice. have two heads on her? <laughs> Luigi's head on your shoulder and you were Mario. So that was super fun because we had never gotten to go trick-or-treating together. The last time was for the um, Mickey's Not So Scary because me and my wife were Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I like the pairing up of things, you know, like that's the way to do it. That's fine. Yeah, totally. That being said, my wife and I have never ever gone to a costume party or even really participated in Halloween. Not because we're Scrooges. Would you be a Maybe Scrooge, not. though, or would you be more of like a, a Hermione or something? Wait, she, get, you know, for some reason, spirit. we she's don't ever spirit. participate in, in trick-or-treating. We don't, we don't ever, you know, we yeah. keep our light off and everything. We don't, we don't go get the candy. But to be fair, that's mostly because everywhere we've lived has, has been, not been trick-or-treat neighborhoods yeah. until now. But even now that we're in a moderately trick-or-treat neighborhood, we're just not in the habit of doing it. Sure. And I don't think we plan on starting. So <laughs> if we have candy sitting around, we're going to eat it ourselves. Heck and yeah. I don't want, neither one of us wants that. Sure. I have an Go idea. Ahead. You're talking about Scrooge. Okay. So the Halloween equivalent of Scrooge, my only thought would be creature. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? He's a good, he's a good equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So you, you don't want to be a creature. I don't want to be a creature. Daggum. But I'm going to be a creature. So my two favorite. Well, okay. I'm going to go with three here because I've had some fun ones. I used to dress up as a shadow all the time. I had his outfit down perfectly. It was sweet. I even had the silver guns at one point. As a kid, though, I'm pretty sure I went as, you know, the Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso. Oh, my goodness. To me, that's just so cool now because of Cobra Kai. And it's just like, yeah, that was a good time. The most recent one that I can remember that was really, really cool. But we did this again. It was like pairing up. I guess it wasn't a pair. We teamed up. There we go. We teamed up. We went as the X-Men and I was Wolverine and I grew the full chops and I, I had the hair, you know, all like coming up in that curve. You actually grew the chops? Oh, dude. Yeah, I can grow chops pretty well. It's <laughs> awesome. I, I can grow the beard, but it was great. I actually had the full chops and then I shaved it, you know, right down the middle where his mouth is, you know, and then I had the hair coming up over around the side, just like it. It looked like him. It don't look like Hugh Jackman, but it looked like Wolverine. It was great. Friend of mine had a leather jacket with the yellow stripes around it. <laughs> it was so perfect. And he had dog wow. tags and everything. I was borrowing all that. And he had the claws made out of wood. Wow. So it was sweet. I actually well, tried I, playing piano with the claws on. And that was very interesting. <laughs> and play with the piano with the claws. And yeah, it was great. The piano up. I know. Um, <laughs> I was like, dirt, dirt. <laughs> my favorite costume ever was a civil war lieutenant's outfit. Union soldiers outfit. That was a very fun outfit to wear. I had to rent. Actually, it's the only outfit I've ever rented. Yeah. It was awesome. So that's cool. Wow. That would be awesome. It was totally awesome. Hey, Green Butterfly, can you give us there? I know that there are some interesting fun facts about Halloween, but tell us where costumes came from in the first place. The reason why we dress up with costumes on Halloween, according to my extensive Halloween research that I did, people were afraid of October 31st, Halloween, because the crops died because it got really cold and the crops would die. And they thought it was evil spirits doing this. Oh, weird. So people were afraid to go outside without a disguise or a costume on because they thought that evil spirits were about. People they thought weird. that if they dressed in a costume that they would blend in with the spirits and then the spirits wouldn't bother them. Interesting. This was 2000 years ago, right? Around 2000 years ago that this was all a Celtic festival. See, what I find interesting is prior to 2000 years, 
Well, the air got cold around October every year. So why is it that all of a sudden it's like uh, your crops are dying? Well, yeah, because the growing season's over. How did they not know this 2000 years ago that the end of the growing season, because people have been growing crops for many, many years prior to that. How did they not know that 2000 years ago? Oh, that's the end of the growing season, not your evil spirits. They did know. I'm wondering if it was more of a uh, fun thing they did. Oh, okay. So it's like the annual harvest festival. It's more of the annual evil spirits are coming. So put on costumes so we all don't die. Maybe like we do now. Maybe, maybe. Because obviously everybody back then and well before that, well, well. Understood. They just thought it would be fun to have an urban legend, I guess. There you go. That's where it said it started because they wanted to blend in with the evil spirits so So that they wouldn't come and get them. We should start a See, new people were just legend. as stupid back then as they are now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Except all of you, except all of you. Of, of course. course, of course, yeah. The, the, the other muggles you're talking about. People on this yeah. show are all, you know. Yeah, we're all cool. Yeah, we're all cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that, that's interesting. It's interesting, one of those uh, things. All right, so more fall tradition and activities that you both like. Captain, you didn't get a chance to say one of yours. You know, hmm. Besides mold cider, I just really enjoy fall because I like cold weather more than most people. I like the turning towards cold rather than the turning towards warm. Hmm. I don't know why, what that says about me, but that and it heralds the holidays. And I just love the holidays because I get to see lots of family I don't usually get to see otherwise, mm-hmm. as we all do. So that's really the thing I like the most about the fall. As for as far as things that we do uh, in the fall, really mold cider is pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, and that's not even a very long-running uh, tradition with us, so it's kind of a newish thing. So you had to go to the boring answer first. Now let's go to that's the better right, answer. That's all right. It's <laughs> a perfectly good answer. That's a great ah. answer. It's a good answer. No, mold cider's awesome. We tend to jump around a lot because there were a couple of years we were going with friends, you know, and their kids basically to this corn maze, and it's a pretty insane corn maze. From the air, they usually do. I think one year was like Colorado State University's logo and all kinds of things, you know, in it. Mm. It's huge and it's great because it's actually run by former alcoholics and drug users and, you know, people that have been addicted to something. They go and they stay at this farm and they work and they, you know, recover from their addictions and they get their life back on track. It's really cool. So the whole farm is worked by these people and they do this amazing, amazing corn maze. And you go at night. I mean, you can go in the daytime, but you know, whatever. That's not as fun. <laughs> you go at night without flashlights. And ideally there's a moon of some kind and you just use the moonlight to try to find your way. It's so awesome. I mean, ideally, you can get there are still people come morning that <laughs> still haven't found their way out of the maze. Yeah. Well, you do that's have to go in morning. and you have to sign in and then you go in the maze and then you have to sign out when you come out. So they do have a, a safety thing in there to make sure everybody actually so, does come out. Not quite as cool as I had hoped, but okay. well, there's the haunted mazes around here where people come at you with real chainsaws, but I kind of, eh, I don't know, but the mazes are fun and they do like, you know, the, the, the kettle corn and cider and you can, I know they have a pumpkin launcher. It's like these cannons, pumpkin cannon. That's what it was. And you, you shoot corn cobs at pumpkins and try to blow them up. It's so cool. It's yeah, there's a lot of fun things. We used to blow up pumpkins with dry ice bombs. Oh, that's, uh, that sounds like fun. That was post 9-11. It's an act of terrorism now, by the way, dry ice bombs. So we don't do that anymore. I don't uh, recommend you do that. But we do it up in the mountains and it's we, been long enough, Brian. I think you can do ice bombs again. That's yeah. true. So basically what you do, let me tell you how to make one. It's awesome. You grab a two liter <laughs> bottle, two liter bottle, drink it all and then, you know, empty it. And then you take chunks of dry ice by the way you do not want to do small chunks or the powder from the dry ice because that's like instant explosion so you know you blow your hand off trust me you pour a little bit of water in it cap it up oh before you do that though you grab a pumpkin ideally it's a large one cut a hole in the pumpkin so that you can set the pumpkin over the two liter bottle and if it's a smaller pumpkin you can use a one liter bottle that's fine too like i said put the dry ice in a little bit of water cap it up put the pumpkin over it and run and if it seems like it's a dud, don't go back and check on it. <laughs> it's really well, fun. Well, it's great that you're teaching the next generation of terrorists right now, Brian. But what I don't get is why nobody's used dry ice bombs that I've heard of for a terrorist act. That's interesting. Why? Well, I don't think it's going to. Well, it can do damage, actually. It sounds pretty easy to make. I mean, it sounds like a high school kid can make a. Oh, it's a so easy. Dry ice bomb and, and, and injure a bully or something. But how know? do you transport dry ice? safely without somebody obviously noticing 
Yeah, but they're going to look in your cooler and they're going to be like, what's that all about? I'm going to oh. keep this brainstorming session going as long as I can until somebody, <laughs> this somebody is, uh, listening goes, this is a, that's a good idea. This is a heart for a, a, this is a donor's heart for a transplant, you know, with the dry ice. I don't know. I mean, I, I think good it's going to get with a biohazard sticker on top. Something's going to get checked. I don't just don't try it. Just be careful. I'm just saying that's what we used to do. It was fun. Yeah, I appreciate that little disclaimer there, yeah, but um, those are not traditions anymore, though. Unfortunately, I really enjoyed doing those, but now it's more castrated. Uh, no, that, that that's not the word I was <laughs> castrating. Things are a little tamer now. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. I mean, I just I love pumpkin anything at this point. You know, if there's pumpkin flavoring smells. I love the smell of the air in fall, too, because you can smell the leaves. It's the smell of yes. death. Like everything's dying. No, that's you not know, true. It does smell very do unique, a, though. It's cool. I do have a beef about fall smells in my part of town in Des Moines. I live in a really nice, like in the middle of the town neighborhood, mostly middle-aged to elderly people. Very nice lawns everywhere. Really good walking neighborhood. Okay. But there's a lot of ginkgo trees. If you know anything about ginkgo trees, no. they drop one of the one of the sexes of the tree drops these little balls onto the ground uh, in the fall. The and male. if you step... If you step on them, they smell like dog crap. Oh, weird. Exactly oh, like dog crap. So when you go outside in, in my neighborhood in the fall, very often the wind brings the smell of dog crap to your nose because it's ginkgo season. Is it a, okay, weird. Yeah. I, you little know, fun fact. We don't have those here, but. No, you don't. Thank goodness. Ginkgo. Good for you, I mean. Yeah. Ginkgo. Well then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool but, story bro but that's during this time of year so it's really like uh that's a fall uh but is it turn a beautiful yellow uh do they get you know i don't know if the ginkgos turn colors or not i haven't i'm not that observant so i didn't i couldn't tell you that maybe so it is a female that drops the fruit or okay. as you're calling the little balls and uh ironically and the it's smelly uh, fruit. Yeah, it's a very nasty mess and odor. And so people recommend planting only the male trees. Yes. And people often try, but then the either the tree companies sucker them or they accidentally give them a female or I've heard oh, of that geez. happening. So. Oh, geez. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, there's your uh, daily arbor you know, tip or weekly arbor tip for the year. All right. Well, that's fantastic. So what about you, Green mm-hmm. Butterfly? Any other kind of cool, fun little fall activities and traditions you have? For me, fall is about the new TV season. So I like to grab a blanket and binge watch. Nice. What are you binge watching right now this fall? I'm still in my Smallville binge. Oh, good binge. It is. I'm on season four. Oh, that's a good season too. That's a great season. And uh, love that show. But now that all the shows are back, I'm sure that'll be slowing down. But I'm really enjoying the return of the DC shows and everything. Nice. So blanket and binging along mm-hmm. with a nice pot of chili or mm. chicken soup. And or yeah. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Biscuits, cornbread. There's always something like that cooking <laughs> in my house on the weekends. Sounds so fun. Side note this really quick. You brought up DC shows and I wanted to just say something and I'm, we're going to discuss this next week. I realized, you remember how I was having kind of like this, I can't watch the DC shows for a while and I finally went back and watched the crossover from last year, the 2017 crossover. And okay. I've been re-enjoying Legends of Tomorrow. I really did like that show because one is I love ships and I love time travel and I love superheroes. So you've got a good combo right there. <laughs> It's so interesting, though, because I realized finally what the overarching thing that was bothering me about the, T- the DC TV shows for, you know, a couple of years now and why I had to stop watching them. And it's an interesting antithesis to unleashing the superhero, ironically. Mm. So we're going to talk about that next week because I don't want to. Well, wanna... that'll be a really I'm good discussion. Curious. Yeah. And so what I want to also qualify this discussion with is that I'm not going to tear down the shows. I'm not going to badger anyone or anything like that i just want to basically say like because you'll make green butterfly cry yeah don't i don't want to do that because i I still love the shows but i realized there was one overarching theme that they're putting into all of the shows across the board that it's just so interesting to me and so yeah Hmm. we'll talk about that next week because it'll be so cool and i think it's the reason why some superhero movies inspire us or shows they inspire us and other ones annoy us 
that might even go back to why everybody hates some of the DC movies. So stay tuned. We'll put a pin pin in that and hit that subscribe button because you're going to want to come back to hear that. Daggum. Done. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. Since we're talking about TV shows, what's your favorite Halloween or even a horror movie or movies or movies or TV shows? Go for it. I just, I have four TV show for sure. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. And if there's, if you can use the word, unfortunately with regards to that awesome show, it's too long to binge over Halloween. Sure. Oh, but, for sure. But I think of it, you know, as far as movies, I got to go a little old school, but not extra old school poltergeist. John Carpenter's the thing and alien. Those three. Nice. I'm a scaredy cat. I love poltergeist as well, but you know, I have to watch that during the day. <laughs> so my favorite Halloween movie, don't laugh at me, is the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, oh no, that's good, so good answer. Though. Holy oh, cow. Oh, that's I haven't fantastic. watched that in so long. I forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I need to go watch that. Good idea. Yeah. Thank you. No. You've inspired See, no us. laugh. Praise only. Yes. What else? There is a new TV show if you need something a little creepy for Halloween. It has its uh, it has its premiere tonight, as a matter of fact. The second season of Midnight Texas. Oh. And the first season is on Hulu, if you want to catch up. But the second season premieres tonight on NBC. Nice. And it will also be on Hulu week to week. It's based on a series of books by the same author that wrote the True Blood books. So it's about a, a town that has witches and vampires in it. Interesting. It's pretty dark and creepy. I watch that during the day too. I know the show that just came out recently. I, I'm not going to watch it because it's again, this is not my style, but you know, we'd have to let Mr. What and Lord Thunder chime in on this one, but the haunting of, is it haunting of Hill house or the haunting on Hill yeah. house or something like that? The haunting. Yeah, of Hill that house. was just dropped on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It looks I've heard a lot about it. pretty creepy, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Again, I don't watch those kinds, so I can't rate it on a, oh man, that'll, that'll make you, that'll make you cry or, yeah, you know, that's more like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. I, I'm more of a wuss on that kind of stuff too. Uh, although I, I mentioned Psycho earlier, I forgot about Psycho until just recently. I thought that would be a great Halloween movie to watch because it's just so brilliant. And Alien and Aliens as well are fantastic kind of scary sci-fi movies. Got to throw in Ghostbusters. And of course, mm-hmm. I watch oh, the Harry Potter movies every year this time of year. That's my fall October tradition. You? I yeah, have because it's back to school time. Yeah. There's magic. It fits in perfectly. It's great. Very perfect. Now, this is not going to become a tradition for me, but I had to watch it because I'm doing a fun little guest appearance on the schlockville horror podcast coming up here in november anybody that loves schlock horror movies do check out that podcast it's totally worth it um, define schlock horror i don't know what schlock is schlock horror is essentially super duper poor b c d z rate <laughs> let's go with z rate movies that were done that you know they're intended to scare you but they're so poorly acted and so poorly done that you know you laugh through it's the kind of stuff that mystery science theater is going to watch and make fun of that would be schlock horror i bet schlock horror and schlock anything lately is really popular in colorado for the last few years right i don't know i bet it is i've not heard about it until this uh this gentleman should be his his name is christopher uh yeah he's christopher robin now i know christopher because it's johnny pistol shots cousin and okay. so he yeah. contacted me. He doesn't live in Colorado. Though. He contacted me and said, hey, we're doing this new podcast. And I'm thinking, I don't watch horror. He goes, no, no, trust me. This is funny. So anyway, Rob Dog, Drob Dog has been trying to get me to watch Troll 2 now for the past like, you know, 25, 30, 80 years, something like that. And he's just been like, dude, you got to watch. It's the best worst movie ever. Uh, okay. I'm almost curious, but keep going. It has like a 2.8 out of 10 on IMDb or something like that. I mean, it's just terrible. So Johnny Pistol Shot and Drob Dog and I are like, okay, let's watch it. We watched it last week. I was like, this is a great Halloween movie. It is bad. I mean, what's funny is that the the story has potential to be interesting and interesting enough that you can't not finish the movie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I want to know what happens, but the acting is atrocious. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, that that was a great movie compared to this. The acting's just beyond atrocious. And by the way, this is the funny part, too. It's n- not a sequel to anything. They say, no. oh, it's a sequel to Troll 1, 
It has nothing to do with Troll One, though. <laughs> and by so the way, so it's a sequel in the franchise only. No, there's it's a sequel because they just I don't know. And it has nothing to do with trolls. They're goblins. <laughs> oh, okay. So I I don't even think I don't even know why they named it Troll Two. It has nothing to do with anything troll and nothing. It's weird. The acting's terrible. The costume. Oh my gosh, the goblins in it. They put on these masks. You can see their faces behind the masks through the <laughs> eye holes. <laughs> it's just so bad. But somehow it was super fascinating to keep watching. But oh man, uh, I, I'll talk about it a lot more on the Schlockville Horror Podcast when I'm on that in, in November. We'll we'll link that, but we'll do a full review then. But it was funny. Now, an interesting, fun tidbit of Troll One, which again has nothing to do with it. You remember um, Elaine from Seinfeld? Yes, Seinfeld. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes, Julia Louis Dreyfus. This was her movie debut. Was the first Troll. Oh, really? It was in 1986 <laughs> is when that movie came out. Oh, and guess what? Now, Green Butterfly, you're going to love this one. The main character, mm. the father and the son, Harry Potter Sr. and Harry Potter Jr. This was before Harry Potter came out as books. There's magic involved in other what? things like that. The, the father character names were Harry Potter Sr. and Harry Potter Jr. Yeah, the, the father and the son. And, and it was 1986. Yeah, so it was before wow. Harry Potter as a book even was released. And so wow. you understand question, my confusion. That's amazing. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so I wanted to know, and I would love to talk to J.K. Rowling about this one, or even maybe there's something oh, I'm about sure it. Just she she'd book you right oh, off. Just no send problem, her email. dude. It's the real Brian show. My question would be. Did she watch this movie and go, oh, this is a great name. I'm going to use that. We're going to turn it into something far greater, <laughs> which is or if it was complete coincidence or because I'm thinking her manuscripts, she was probably writing Harry Potter during the 80s. I'm pretty sure she was, but nobody what, knew really? about it until the 90s. She did write for about a decade before it actually came out. Huh. And when was the first book released? 97. Yeah, it was the late 90s. It, so she had to have been inspired by this because that would have been 87. Then when she was really not had to have, cause that's a pretty obscure movie. Well, it, well, maybe not good trivia then. though. It was so cool though, but that's an obscure name too. It's not like it was, not you know, anymore. John wick or something or, you know, uh, I don't you know. You know how many kids have the first name, Harry and the middle name Potter right now. Well now, <laughs> but back then was that, come on, it's the new Rihanna and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione. Oh, oh yeah, the new Hermione. Oh my gosh. There you go. There's some fun little movies and, and TV shows to watch. There are some other fun Halloween facts that Green Butterfly came up with. One involving the tradition of trick and treating, trick or treating, and where the word first came out, or the phrase, I suppose. But go ahead, tell us about that one. The tradition of trick or treating was actually brought over by Irish immigrants in about eighteen forty six. Interesting. That's when that's when we started trick-or-treating in the United States. Nobody quite knows when the first person to use the, the phrase trick-or-treat was, but it was first printed in a Peanuts comic strip in 1951. That's so cool. Wow. So it took that long for the phrase to propagate into popular culture? You know, they were going to people's houses and gathering treats, but they think that before the 1950s, they may have not been saying trick or treat they may have just been treat. coming you know yeah. coming to the doors because part of the the urban legend like we were talking about before was that you wanted to give treats out because then the ghosts and the demons would not come to your house mm. if you didn't have treats on your doorstep then that was an invitation for ghosts and demons to enter your home Interesting. that's why we don't do it oh thank you green butterfly now mm. i know but okay. see, if you don't give treats, then you're asking the demons to come in. That's I know. Point. That's why we're trying to consort with demons. That's oh, it. I see. You want them to come in. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm afraid of having you on the show now. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Mm. I'll be safe. Uh, Is it the real Captain Influence right now? It could be Creature Influence. Uh, uh-oh. Back to Creature. Oh, so now I've been seeing a lot of teal pumpkins around, by the way. Outside, there's little signs. Sometimes someone will put up a fake little, you know, plastic something kind of teal pumpkin sitting outside. This has been going on now for a couple of years, I believe. But tell us the backstory of that one, Green Butterfly. The teal pumpkin project is so that every kid can enjoy 
Halloween trick-or-treating. There's a lot of free signs you can print out online that you can put on your door so that you would have either peanut-free candy or for some non-candy offerings. Because if you have diabetic children or any food allergies, you need to offer non-food treats. So like for my trick-or-treat offerings, I have your traditional M&M Snickers and Twix, but I also have a bag of the um, sweet tart licorice that I was telling you about earlier, mm-hmm. the sweet tart ropes. It's processed in a place that doesn't have any peanuts, so it's a peanut-free. And I also have Halloween stickers in case you can't have candy at all. Cool. So it's an allergy-free so zone, essentially. You indicate yeah, that with a teal pumpkin? Yep, you indicate that with a teal pumpkin, and you even have to put your treats in separate bowls. Oh, yeah. Because some, yeah. some kids are so sensitive, they can't even have something that touched something that has peanuts in it. For sure. So, you know, we always use separate bowls for the fruit candy and separate bowls for the nut candy. And then I give the stickers out for kids that can't have candy at all. Yeah, it's pretty serious. If they're definitely, if there's a sensitivity or even a, a severe allergy to it, you want to be very, very careful. So separating that is a good thing. I appreciate, Green Butterfly, that you brought up the holy trinity of Halloween candy, by the way, Snickers, M&Ms, and Twix. If all I had in my bag were those three things, I would go to bed very happy as a child. Go ahead. Well, that's what I'm handing handing out. Good for you. Nice. Guess where Captain Influence is coming for trick-or-treating? Your house. My (laughs) local grocer. Oh. Where I can get uh, any candy I want. My My local dollar store also had fun Halloween pencils and Halloween bouncy balls. So that's That's also an option if people want to pick up little toys to give out for the kids that can't have candy. Because we want fun for all. That's what we want. Daggum. I like that. Well, thanks for sharing that information because I've seen them around and I was wondering what those were all about. And I'm sure other people have seen them too. So very cool. Everybody can go now to various places. A few more days before Halloween. So everybody's got a little time to get ready. That's right. They didn't need teal pumpkins back in the 80s when I was trick-or-treating because they didn't have allergies like that no, back then. No, we had hypodermic needles in our candy. It was awesome. They were super rare. And and you could, and back then, you couldn't see a teal pumpkin anyway because everyone went trick-or-treating at night when it was cool. And now they all go in the daytime like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> <laughs> you actually brought up something very interesting that I think we should discuss sometime on the show. And this would, we would have to have experts on, but I am very, very curious as to why we're seeing so many allergies in kids today versus when we were kids. The answer is out there and I'm, I know I'd the answer is out the there. True answer is, well, no, there's a lot of speculate all day. There's a lot of people that are giving crap answers, but I, there are some real answers and I'm pretty sure it has to do with what we're eating. But I would love yeah. to find some experts because that would be very, very interesting to talk about. Yeah, that'd be a really good, interesting topic. Yes. Yeah. And also all of these, quote, personality disorders that they're saying. I still, still don't even entirely believe in personality disorders. I think they're personality giftings and people just don't know how to handle it. But we'll go into that another time. That'll be a fun <laughs> discussion another day. <laughs> just whip your silver lining. Day home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. Green Butterfly, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? What's your most irrational fear? Well, the thing I'm afraid of the most is dead bodies and zombies. Interesting. So you will never work in a morgue? No. Okay. Most people won't. Takes a special kind. Like they'll eat their sandwich and put the sandwich down on the dead body and play music and sing at the same time. That's a special kind of person for sure. (laughs) Okay. So dead bodies and zombies. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Captain Influence, you? I have one answer. The only thing I'm afraid of when I was a kid. Okay. I'll, I'll elaborate first. When I was a kid. I was scared of everything. I was a scaredy cat. Interesting. Um, nowadays, nothing scares me except one thing, vomiting. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. Too. Getting sick. Yeah. Nausea and vomiting is my only fear. Interesting. I'm not scared of heights. Not like when you're sick or when someone else in your vicinity when, is sick. Either one. Huh. Yeah. I can't, I can't handle it very well. Yeah. It's so funny you guys are bringing those things up because I I wouldn't say that I'm scared of them, but I have a strong aversion to all three of those things that you mentioned. Most, most people do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got to go with spiders and clowns 
And I'm going to pull this up right That's now. That's always a dumb one. The clown spider. Ah, uh, we're putting that picture up on the on the site. It's a clown spider. No, I'm really not afraid of clowns. That just makes the actually. spider cute. I do. I, I do. Clowns don't bother me as much. I really don't like spiders, although I'm not as afraid of them as I used to be. I just really don't enjoy being around them. Yeah. I love snakes. Clowns I've never gotten. I've never, I've just never understood it. It's such a common fear and I just don't get it. But yeah. a lot of people don't get mine either. So I, I understand. You know, I could yeah. go with claustrophobia a little bit. I'm not a big fan of that or, or even a, maybe not even claustrophobia as much as restriction, which is sort of claustrophobia, but it's more of that. I don't mind small spaces, but if I can't move, if that makes sense, I have a good exercise you can try right now. Uh, oh, well, okay. Close your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine that you're in a coffin buried alive under like <laughs> 10 feet of earth. Oh, that's great. Not six, not the usual six, 10 feet. Oh, that's funny. And there's no <laughs> way you're ever going to get out. And just imagine that. Well, if I stretch and then my arm, play up, the music. I'm about nine music, nine feet. So <laughs> almost, man. I'll tell you what. So when I had to get my MRI, my two MRIs, I chose to get the uh, semi-open one instead oh, yeah. of just the tube. But even then, you're still pretty, you know, contained within that thing. And I'm not kidding. Like my nose was less than an inch from the you know the, the ceiling basically that comes over you. Right. And I remember the first time I felt very restricted, like I can't move and I was starting to feel claustrophobic in that sense. But, you know, I just closed my eyes and just breathed and, you know, I was fine. Second time didn't bother me as much. So part of that is it's just pure psychological. So, yeah, I agree that exercise captain influence is going to be super helpful the next time. Hopefully I'll never be in an enclosed situation like that again. I don't want to have to have another MRI. I really don't. But if I ever did, I will definitely close my eyes and imagine that I'm in a coffin with my hands cuffed under 10 feet of dirt buried and a face hugger is crawling up your body yes yes oh there you go yeah and if i can't sleep tonight i know who's uh, well at least you're not gonna have the influence you're not gonna have the issue you had last year during our harry potter episode which was you know way too many of those birdie bots and you got sick afterwards that's Yeah, then I I reenacted Captain Influence's greatest fear right after that episode. Yes. And may I say, may I say, Green Butterfly, you deserved it. And (laughs) anybody who partook in Birdie Bot's Beans deserved to sleep in the bed they made because that was (laughs) stupid. No, that was a fun experience because none of us had ever tried it before. It was awesome. Self torture is never fun. It was great. (laughs) It's just pieces of candy. Okay, they if you don't mind vomiting, rock on. I didn't. They shouldn't make candy like that. It no, it was a one-time experience. I didn't vomit, and I, <laughs> I will never do it again. And we gave the rest of all of the leftovers, which were quite a few leftover birdie bots, we <laughs> gave them to the Night Fox's the kids. open-door mission? No, the Night Fox's kids, <laughs> gladly. Here you go, kids, eat up. It was pretty oh, funny. Boy. I don't know whatever happened oh, to them, though. Yeah. I never heard from yeah. him again, actually. So it was probably, <laughs> oh, crap. That's why <laughs> Night Fox swore me off because of the birdie, birdie bots. Bot. Yeah, and hey, it was, kids, wasn't around that time of year. Candy. I mean, yeah, that's, I gave his kids candy and it was, oops. His kids were like, don't you dare go on that <laughs> jerk show again. I'm going to kill you, dad. Okay, okay. okay. Let's okay. call him up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, speaking of Harry Potter, this is a perfect segue into the Harry Potter stuff because, well, Green Butterfly and I love Harry Potter so much. And Sheer Terror Absolutely. wanted to be here, by the way, but she had a family emergency, and I know she wanted to talk Harry Potter as well. But we've got the new Fantastic Beasts movie coming out, Krems Grindelwald, here in just a couple of weeks, mid-November. Very excited. But what we wanted to do is for those of you who have read the books, you'll know what's going on, but green butterflies got some cool fun facts to tie in book seven of Harry Potter into some backstory of what may just be possibly coming in the new fantastic beasts movie. So you'll have some backstory. You'll know what's going on. You'll be able to go into the movie prepared so that you can watch it gloriously. Tell us, first of all, what should we know about the tie in from book seven and the upcoming movie. The first thing I will tell you is that if you want every bit of information possible, either pull out your book or fire up your audiobook. Chapter 35 of book seven, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is 
all the information that I'm going to tell you basically right from Dumbledore's own story. Like it's him retelling his relationship with Galette Grindelwald. If you want every single detail possible, chapter 35 is where you want to go. What we need to know, I think, because obviously I don't know exactly what they're going to cover in the movie, but I think we're going to have to remember what we know about the Deathly Hallows, especially the Elder One. Okay. Because I believe that that is going to be the wand that Grindelwald will have in this movie. He does actually steal the or find the wand and take it from, and I don't remember the guy's name though. We haven't read any specifics about him taking it. I don't know who had it before him because in Harry Potter book seven, we, we deal with the way the wand moved from Grindelwald to Dumbledore and then on to Harry. But I thought that the fandom was talking, you know, the, the Harry Potter wiki was talking about how mm-hmm. Grindelwald stole the wand from Maiku Grigorovich. That's the guy's name. Grigorovich was studying the wand. Okay. Because he's a wand maker. I don't think he ever owned the wand and used the wand, but he was studying the wand because he wanted to be able to make more of them. Okay. Grindelwald meets Dumbledore. They come together to find the Deathly Hallows. They're both very fascinated about the Deathly Hallows. It's a really tumultuous time in Albus Dumbledore's life because his parents have died and he's left with his brother and his sister and has to care for them instead of, you know, going on with his own adult life. Okay. He talks about how selfish he is and how he he wanted power and he wanted greatness and Grindelwald came into his life just because the brothers that had the the cloak, he actually came to look for the cloak and that's what led him to the town where where Dumbledore was because Grindelwald actually went to Durmstrang, not to Hogwarts. So they didn't go to school together. They mm-hmm. only met because of this quest for power. Okay. Grindelwald basically wanted to start a revolution. He wanted to stop the international statute of secrecy. He wanted to take power over all of the muggles. He wanted wizards first. He actually convinced Dumbledore that it was for the greater good. Wow. I'm surprised Dumbledore actually went along with that. I think the only reason he even went along in the book, it specifically says he was only going with it for like two months because he was drowning in grief and looking for anything else to think about, but the pain that he was going through. Brian, muggles are tools. You know that. I mean, I'd totally be on that side. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dumb, I'm, a, I'm a Magneto guy. I would have yeah. been against the muggle. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. And th- and that's why I'm talking about that specific chapter. If anybody wants to go back and, and look at it, he feels so terrible for his behavior and decisions in that in that two months. As soon as he starts helping Grindelwald, he knows that he should have never done anything to help him like he knows that he's wrong and he knows he's gonna have to try to stop him because he wanted to use the the elder one because it was the most powerful one that could do anything he wanted to use the resurrection stone to make an army of inferi to bring about a war that would be magic first and and push the muggles down as far as he could so you'll have to remember the rules of how a wand passes from one to another, because I think that we're going to be seeing some of that. Okay. I have to remember what actually brought Grindelwald to Godric's Hollow, and it was just to get these three powerful objects because he wanted to rule the world. So and that's, that's when you cue the Tears for Fears song right there. <laughs> oh, there you muggle. go. <laughs> Over muggles. That's right. It's the muggles. I'm honestly with you on this one. I think the muggles should uh, be ruled over. And isn't that kind of the synopsis <laughs> of the actual movie that's coming is what we're just talking about here. The whole point that Grindelwald wants to rule over all the muggles. Yep. Or non magi or fantastic beast takes place in America in an America. They're called non magis. Yeah. 
but it's the same thing. Non-madges. Non, that is so Non-madge and muggle. Non-madges? Yeah. Yeah. Muggles, I don't like that. Yeah, muggle's so much better. I know. Muggle sounds cooler. It, it does. Those bloody Americans screwing up terminology. The, the non-madges. <laughs> Who came non up with that? Oh. oh, gag me. Oh, that is horrific. Mm. So I'm really, really hoping to get this story fleshed out because this was one of my favorite parts of the book that I wish that I wanted more of. There were so sure. many things when I read the Harry Potter series that it, that she tied up in a little bow just fine. And I was, I was fine with that side story, but I was always fascinated by Dumbledore and what kind of young man he was, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, this little snippet, this little chapter showed us that he was young and made mistakes like many people do. I mean, that's just what you do when you're young. You know, you have these idealistic thoughts that you just didn't, you didn't think it all the way through, you know, you didn't think all the way through how this was going to go. So I'm really interested to see him as as a young man and see these elements of the story that literally got a handful of paragraphs to now get the movies. Fantastic Beasts is a little bit backwards from what we got from Harry Potter because each Harry Potter book came out and then a movie would come out for that book. Well, Fantastic Beasts is going opposite. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is this little tiny school book. It's very, it's a very thin book and it reads very much like a textbook to explain to you the different Fantastic Beasts and how dangerous they are and what different characteristics they have but it's very much reads like a textbook there's no real story to it so fantastic beasts and where to find them the movie is the first time you start learning about newt and you start learning about Mm -hmm. jacob and all these new characters because the book fantastic beasts and where to find them is just a school book Mm -hmm. it's fun because we don't know what's going to happen before it happens like i have the ideas of where it's going to go because we got this little piece of information in the book seven but it's so exciting to not know exactly the way it's going to go well that's what i was asking you about is there any kind of backstory that i can learn from one of the like even in the book fantastic beast i remember asking you going what should i know about whatever and you were like there is nothing the movie is going to be the first part just like you said so i'm excited too Mm -hmm. i think that's neat to know that you don't have to have read the books to understand what's going on in this scenario so I'm happy. Now, what do you think about Jude Law as young Dumbledore? I can see it. I'm having no problem picturing that. Jude Law is pretty old nowadays. (laughs) He's been around quite a while. I know, but, you know, Dumbledore is ancient. He's like, you know, 800 years old like Yoda. But I'm just saying, you know, the the Jude Law (laughs) is the, I don't know how old Dumbledore actually really was, but he was old. Well over 100. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that information. I mean, this was fun. I learned a lot today. I don't know about you. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, it was really good. I knew this was going to be a good time. I did too. I was looking forward to this episode. I was really excited. I was a nerd not all day long. Two things I want to say really, really quickly as we wrap up is I want to say a huge thank you to those of you, including both of you, Captain Influence and Green Butterfly. Thank you. For joining me for a most triumphant brainstorming session last week. It was really, really good. We talked about some great things. I posted like, all right, the future of the real Brian show. We're talking about some ideas here. Wanted to get some feedback. Had a great turnout. It was great. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I remember walking out of that just, you know, kind of on a cloud nine feeling because we came up with so many great ideas. We were able to talk about things in a very honest perspective, which was great because a lot of times people are like, oh, it's great. Everything's fine. Like, no, okay. Tell me what's wrong with it. (laughs) So that was really a lot of good constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got some great stuff in the works. I won't announce what it is yet just because I want to make sure, you know, we have all that put together before we actually do it, but we've got a lot of great stuff in the works. I'm hoping, I don't know how realistic it is to do before the end of the year, but I'm hoping that by the first of the year, we'll have some really fun, cool new announcements for some of the stuff we're doing. But in the meantime, you're just going to see new things kind of popping up in the episodes and things getting even better and better. So thank you again for all your help on that. It was great. And on that note too, I wanted to say a huge thanks to Miss Ice, who has been writing the blog posts since the very beginning of the show And I'll tell you what, like, had she not done that, this show wouldn't even exist because Mm. WordPress and I are not friends. (laughs) I hate WordPress. And they're absolutely beautiful. 
yeah, I love them. She does such a great job writing the blog posts. I've loved her perspectives and I really hope that you've had a chance to read them, you know, because it's always been a companion compliment to the show. And typically, I mean, what I would have done is said, all right, here's what we talked about bullet points and here are the links. That's all I would write. And even then that would still take me three hours because WordPress just doesn't work for me. So it's so frustrating. Miss Ice has done such a great job putting some exceptional content. She creates all the images that you see, you know, for each of the episodes. She's done such an amazing job, but she said that she's going to have to step down at the end of the year from writing the blog posts. So which also means that the show's actually ending now too, because I, I can't do this. So. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. Um, We're on the downward slope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not going to get crazy guys. I'm not going to end the show because she's stepping down, but I will be very honest that we definitely need somebody to step up to fill her very large shoes. Cause she's got like, you know, Ronald McDonald feet. Like you said, green butterfly. She has such, she's done such an incredible job that they are huge shoes to fill, but I do need somebody to step up in this because I can't. <laughs> I really, I shouldn't, I guess is the better way to put it. So anyway, thank you so much, Miss Ice, for everything you've done. And I know she's still around until the end of the year, but I wanted to shout out on that one. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Green Butterfly, thank you so much for sharing your lovely wisdom and knowledge. And of course, just, you know, being a part of the show. I always appreciate having you. Thank you for having me. I love being here. And of course, Captain Influence, thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for tolerating me, Brian. I appreciate that. Well, uh, as you said in the beginning of the show, you do such a poor job at influencing people. That's why we tolerate you. No, that is I'm walking so, irony. so not true. Oh, but you know what the music means. It means that uh, you, mean? you are the captain of influence is what it means. You do a great job. Oh, thank good. you, man. Thank oh, you. Good. Both of okay. you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. Realbrianshow.com. Do give, obviously, Emily some love since she's going to be leaving here soon. Make sure uh, you check out what she does. I know. And please get in touch with us. I love to hear back from you. Any cool, fun Halloween things and scares, let us know. Have a great week. Happy Halloween. We are signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.